1972, the folk rock band Milkwood released their first and only album, How's the Weather? The album failed to chart and the band split apart, with two members, Rick Okasek and Benjamin Orr, continuing to work together. Okasek and Orr had in fact been working together in a variety of bands ever since they met in Cleveland, Ohio in the 60s. After Milkwood, the two, along with Berkeley Music graduate Greg Hawks, formed the group Richard and the Rabbits. They disbanded when Hawks left to join Martin Mull in his Fabulous Furniture, a musical comedy act, leaving the other two to form an acoustic duo simply called Okasek and Orr, and then eventually joining up with Cap'n Swing, along with guitarist Elliot Easton. This band gained the attention of WBCN DJ Maxanne Sartori, who played their demo tapes on a radio show. Despite their foothold in radio, Captain Swing was rejected by every record label they came into contact with. In 1976, Okasek decided to put together his own band, made out of the bits and pieces of all his previous projects. Naturally, Orr was in the band, contributing bass and vocals. Captain Swing guitarist Easton made the cut, and former Richard and the Rabbits member Hawks reunited with the group as their keyboardist. The drummer role was filled by David Robinson of Modern Lovers, and that's how you wind up with everyone's favorite new wave band, The Cars. Their 1978 debut self-titled album peaked at number 18 on the Billboard 200 and remained on the charts for 139 weeks, but it wouldn't have got anywhere if not for the band's connection with their radio DJ friend who continued to play the band's demo tapes on her show. The most popular tape featured hit song, Just What I Needed, along with today's song, which both became the most requested tracks on the station. Today's track may seem like it's rooted in a personal experience of the songwriter, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Quote, Nothing in that song happened to me personally. I just figured having a girlfriend stolen was probably something that happened to a lot of people, said Okasek. That's right, we're talking My Best Friend's Girl by the Cars on Lover Me. Here she comes again When she's dancing beneath the starry sky That's right, it's Lover Me, the only podcast that compares famous love songs to their many cover versions to find out which one used to be mine. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my surprise co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger. How you doing? Oh, I'm oh, just calming down, but I'm doing good. Oh. You're doing good? Yeah, that um, was a shock. Glad to hear it, it a real shock. I'm doing good as well. It's it's the second episode of Lover Me. It is. We're, we're sharing, you know, when two people love each other very much, sometimes the only way to express that love more is to bring another person into the relationship. Mm. And that's what you and I are doing today by bringing on longtime guests. This is, I don't know, 10th maybe, 10th maybe time on, I'm just guessing. Uh, you know him from Noiseberry Games, you know him from other things maybe. It's John Bell. Hooray, it's me, John Bell. <laughs> John Bell, what's going on? Oh, not much, not much. I'm, I'm just recovering from Alex's surprise introduction there. That, that really, really got me. I know, big twist. You're expecting somebody else. I was. Alex Mildenberger's back. Phew. Better than ever. Wouldn't be the show without Alex Mildenberger. That's what I always say. That's, that is what I always say, too. Um, John, hey. thrilled to have you back on again. Thank uh, you. What's new in, in, in John's life? What's new in John's life? Uh, yeah, that's a classic segment. The classic segment. <laughs> uh, God, what is new in John's life? Um, I've got a vacation coming up at the end of February. No sh- <laughs> hey, nice. Where are you vacating to? Uh, I'm going to my parents' place in Surprise. Oh, there's that word again. Uh, Surprise, hey. Arizona for a week. Oh, that's the name the, of the place. The, the place is called Surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a city called Surprise in Arizona. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, just just going for a week. 
figured the end of February would probably be terrible weather, so it'd be a good time to get down there and get a little bit of sun and right, just get away. But not too much sun, because it's Arizona and they'll they'll cook you like an egg there. It is a little bit deserty there, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would rather be cooked for a week than freeze for like the sixth week straight, which is what February is usually like here. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, fucking a. Yeah, get out of Calgary in February. Absolutely, place to be. <laughs> that does sound like um, a nice place to be, but I don't know. You might want to be in the Pacific Northwest in late February instead. I think that might be hey the place to be. Bruce Springsteen's gonna be there. That's where I want. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, John, we earlier established years back that you yourself are not a car guy, car the vehicles, but how about the cars, the band? Um, the cars, the band is. I think a band that I know more songs by than I think I do. Um, like yeah. one of the, the, the songs we're going to talk about later is a mashup. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what the other song is going to be. And then I heard that part of the mashup. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that song. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, a song you, me and Alex used to cover together in yeah. my basement. Did we do ma- uh, spoilers? Yeah. Did we do that song? <laughs> we, d- yeah, we did magic. We did at least um, briefly. Damn, yeah. What? Damn. Oh my god, you're right. So, well, (laughs) speaking of songs we used to play in your basement, um, Mm -hmm. up until I started my notes on this, for some reason, I thought I was convinced that the song we used to play in your basement was My Best Friend's Girl instead of Just What I Needed. Right. And so I started listening to the playlist. I got like a minute and I was like, hang on, we didn't do this one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't fucking know this. (laughs) I was all set. I was like, wow, that's going to be such a cool... A uh, little anecdote, like we, you know, it's one of the three songs we used to play. No, we we didn't play this song. <laughs> no, we did not. Um, but hey, you played Cars songs. We did just what I needed when Rick Okasek died in 2019. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's Lover Me, and we're doing, uh, it's it's the dark side of Lover Me this year. We're doing all non-straightforward love songs. We just did, uh, do you know the song Superstar? Uh... uh the most popular versions by the Carpenters. Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? Do, 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 no, I don't do, think do, I know do. that one. <laughs> okay, it's a sad song. Okay, about it's. It was originally called Groupie Bracket Superstar. It's oh, a sad groupie. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're doing that because Alex usually when we do Lover Me is like, "How about this song about cuckoldry?" And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, I guess it's a love song, Alex." <laughs> but why not? <laughs> this one's about divorce. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's what <laughs> it sounds like so the darker pretty. Side. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're doing dark ones. And this one, not really dark, but not like, not straight forward. It's not like love, 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 you know? It's it's not just about weird one. two people in love who are in love and they love each other. Mm-hmm. That's, That's it, for sure. Yeah. It's about the weird aftermath of a relationship. Yeah. And quote unquote, having your girlfriend stolen, according to Rick Okasek, the, the songwriter. I don't know if it comes across as theft in the lyrics so much as just the natural progression of of life (laughs) that's yeah that's what i was thinking when like we look at this version and a later version one of them does like make it to be a bit more about betrayal whereas i thought the Mm -hmm. original didn't really it just seemed like both parties had moved on and another the singer's like commenting on it (laughs) yeah he's like kind of sitting with his like emotions on he's like on the one side like we're broken up yeah he's like but you know, there's something about her, but also she's kind of awful too. So he's, he's really in a space in between. Yeah. Yeah. I never really got the, 
that the girl was stolen in the the Cars mm-hmm. version. Yeah, but yeah, some people do lean into that. Alex, chime in here. What yeah. do you think about the Cars? This song, life. What's new? What's what's going on in life with Alex? What's going on in life relative to the Cars? Well, I drive a car sometimes, including. <laughs> Tell um, us how that is. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, well, so what happens is there's this stuff called gasoline. And uh, sometimes you can make it explode. Um, And sometimes when it explodes, it makes a song. And this is that song. (laughs) Great transition, Alex. Yeah. Big Cars fan. Um, Yeah. Love love the Cars. The Cars, you know, their first album, The Cars. That's what I'm referring to. The album. Candio, their second... Second album, Their all second good album. stuff. Love to listen to those. All good stuff. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good Cars songs. They're uh, fucking eight. Yeah, they just they just have good songs, man. That's that's what I think of the Cars. Yeah, I agree deny. as well. I think they are maybe one of the best pop groups to ever have been made. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take. Uh, before we jump into these lyrics, though, let's let's get a plug from John real quick. John, they've got a taste of your hot banter. If they want more John Bell content, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, you can find me mostly on YouTube at youtube.com slash noiseberrygames or noiseberrygames.com, which will just take you to that YouTube channel. Um, if you want my, what did you say about my banter? It's just, yeah, it was top notch. If you want my, my top notch banter, uh, in, in written form, very, very rarely, you can follow me on Twitter at Sir John Snow. I've seen him tweet there, folks. He does it very, very occasionally, but it happens. Very occasionally. Always a treat. Thank watch you. out for it. <laughs> um, but what you got to watch out for is the the stinging writing and verse of Rick Okasek on My Best Friend's Curl, which we're going to get into now. Begins like this. You're always dancing down the street with your suede blue eyes. And every new boy that you meet, he doesn't know the real surprise. That's right. We start with at least one reference, possibly two. Um Probably, okay, not, got from okay, probably not the dancing down the street, but we did just talk about dancing in the street. Oh, so dancing in the street, oh, sure, yeah. Um, but suede blue eyes, uh, that's got to be a blue suede shoes reference, right? Like, at least yeah. a light one. Yeah, and even to bring in, like, the the musicality of this song itself, like the actual noises, it is, like, rockabilly style, right? So there is a bit of 50s mm-hmm. throwback in here. Mm-hmm. So you couple that with suede blue, yeah, sure, we're talking Elvis. And, uh, That's not to say that this woman is Elvis, but <laughs> as far as we know, as far as we know, but of course, this is introducing the sort of um, poetic, let's say, uh, license he takes when looking at this person, seeing through right. rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, you're dancing down the street, so they seem very lovely. They got suede blue eyes. Uh, intra- is, are blue eyes just like? Agreed upon as being the best eyes. We, we, we talked about talk Sorrow two weeks ago. With your long blonde hair and your eyes of blue. We seem to put a, a high value on that. Yeah, I, I don't want to analyze that too closely. Uh, I'm, I'm not trying to lean this into an Aryan race <laughs> okay. discussion, Alex. <laughs> but yeah, that, that does seem to be how it gets used. And I wonder if there is, uh, do we ascribe a quality of innocence or something to it? Because we've also talked about a lot of songs in the past few months about, like, people being horny for youth. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of associated with the, like, the fair maiden idea. Yeah. So it could all be tied together. Could be. Um, Every new boy that you meet doesn't know the real surprise. Folks, what is the real surprise? That's, um, that's a good question. What, What surprised you? 
Many things have surprised Many me in my life, life Alex. Um, that, like, like your appearance that, on the show today, for example. Um, that was a real surprise. That, that question. That I, was the real surprise. I mean, if the surprise is like, if it is about cheating, like that would be a surprise. Um, so there's a mm. possibility. Right. I think it's maybe about because I think it's supposed to contrast with her her quite sweet appearance, this dancing down the street, sway blue eyes. But they don't know that you're actually quite awful on the inside, is is the, the impression I get. I kind of thought the opposite, actually. Like, the surprise mm. is how great they are. You know? Hmm. Oh, like, okay. I know, like, like everyone that you meet, like, they might be attracted to you, but they're like, they, they underestimate just how strongly. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's so ambiguous. I feel like it can mean anything. It is. <laughs> and you, you do have a solid point there, Ox, because the rest of the song talks about how he he likes the he, there's not a lot of like and she's a nasty she's a nasty bitch dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. <laughs> if only <laughs> if only but you're right he's talking about these like really romantic imagery her dancing neath the starry skies she'll make you flip so you might be right he's like he you don't know how far in love you're gonna fall so maybe it is like it's not that she is cruel or evil with that, it is such a great experience. You know, we often compare loves to drugs that once you are out of there and withdrawn from that, you're going to be like, well, fuck, what do I do now? Dead silence. Is that dead silence, dead silence of approval? No, yeah. No, I, I, I hear that. Absolutely. Do you, uh, what, what surprised you about it, Joe? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I really had a, a hard time. Well, like like you said, it is so ambiguous. It literally mm. could be anything. Um, I don't know if you like put much stock in the old genius annotations. Um, I usually yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the readings that they said was um, the surprise could be um, since like the, the singer's talking about the the girl who is his ex now. Um, the right. Surprise could be that she is 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 willing to leave one man for another. Which mm. I don't know is maybe different in the seventies, but it's yeah. know, it's a possible reading of surprise, and that's like kind of I think where my mind was going with with reading the lyrics. Sure, I get, and she she's dancing, so she is like kind of flitting in that sense. She kind of comes and goes, right? She's not sticking in any one spot. So it's yeah, like the she, surprise that she's like a free spirit, and yeah. maybe isn't as attached to you as you think she is or as you are to her or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be held down. Either way, this woman is surprising. She yeah. is surprising. That's all we know. <laughs> I mean, she, she's always fucking around. We get to the pre-crowd. I mean, not fucking around, but she's always around. <laughs> Here she comes again. <laughs> and she's dancing, <laughs> dancing she neath is. the starry sky. Ooh, she'll make you flip. Here she comes again. When she's dancing, dancing neath the starry sky. I kind of like the way she dips. She dips. Um, I, I feel like that almost because we just said the other the surprise, and now we're doing the pre-chorus. It and talking about how she'll make you flip, like that's evidence for just the idea that everyone falls in love with this person. Mm-hmm. But I think I would, the line I kind of like the way she dips is almost like like a you know it's like he doesn't want to admit that he still has some affection for her. So the, the mm-hmm. biggest praise he can give, he's like, well, I kind of like the way she dips. Like, that's one of the things I remember from the relationship. I oh, I see. Enjoy. He's trying not to be too, like, blatant with 
how much he still admires her. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, she's dancing at the starry sky. It's quite beautiful. Sure. I just kind of like the way she dips. Like, okay. That's my one little thing I'll take from it. Right, yeah. Um, I, I like that you mentioned like 50s already in like the first mm-hmm. verse because like I know it's written in the 70s but I get such like a 50s vibe from everything in here with like the, the clothes and just like dancing in general for some reason seems like a 50s activity for me for like couples dancing everywhere. yeah there yeah. is like elements of grease in here yeah exactly <laughs> that, that another cover will even like further draw out and it's almost but, yeah it, Mm-hmm. It's almost like hidden. Well, at least for me, only because of the style and probably mostly yes. just because of how he sings because the way he sings is so like new wave or it maybe went on to influence it. But it feels like that late 70s, 80s, uh, 70s to 80s uh, sound. Yes. So I almost missed the Which, throwback. Uh, but oh, even that sound is is dipped in rockabilly. Like there's a yeah. fucking banjo on this. Yeah. So there is... That's like the car's like genius is that they are modern pop of that time, but somehow are able to draw on all of this old pop without sounding dated and even kind of putting it front and center, like with that banjo and shit. So they're uh, a remarkable band, Mm -hmm. but that's the pre-chorus. So she dances and she'll make you flip. So she has emotional power. She's a witch. She dances just everywhere. (laughs) She fucking dances nonstop. She's on ecstasy. She's always around. She's always around. Here she comes again. <laughs> again. Oh, she's my best friend's girl. I guess that's probably why she's always around. That's true. If yeah, if they are best friends, they're probably going to be hanging out a fair bit. Yeah. Well, she's my best friend's girl. Girl. But she used to be mine. It's pretty what a twist. pretty self-explanatory. It is a twist, yeah. but like you can't read too much into that one. It, yeah. it kind of is the crux does of what the it story. says. Yeah. Mhm. Um, yeah, so there's, and that's, yeah, now we get even weirder lyrics. Verse one was tough. Verse two, <laughs> I don't fucking know, guys. You got your nuclear boots and your drip dry glove. Ooh, when you bite your lip, it's some reaction to love. Uh-oh. 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 I think this is Fuck also where I get, boots. like, the 50s vibe. Like, mm-hmm. nuclear boots. Here? Yeah. Just seems like a, a post-World War II. Uh, the atom bomb. Yeah, like, like. I, I say. Look at these nuclear boots. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like yeah, yeah, I get a bit of that. The two verses and like the pre-chorus, just yeah, really. Uh, that's that's most of the song, but uh, <laughs> that makes me think fifties. Mm-hmm. It does, I guess. Um, yeah, and then it feels like like a reference to a brand almost or something like that. Like it's a commercial. I don't know. Yeah, Sorry. like a Back to the Future but kind of thing. Nu- I don't know yeah. what a nuclear boot is. Um, well, she's wearing them when she dances. Brand. Uh, oh, it's I mean, do a hot Google on it, Alex. I'm pretty sure I did. And nothing comes up. There's not yeah. like a specific style of thing that is a nuclear boot. No. Fun. But I'll tell you this, Alex. Drip drag she's got big boots. She's dancing in big boots. So she's strange. She's almost like a manic pixie dream girl in some way. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting out of it. And she's wearing gloves. Yeah, that's what you're getting at. Probably. And when you bite your lip some reaction to love so is that is this person says that like genius says it's a way of expressing disapproval or distress at something i've usually only seen biting lips in a horny context let me be real with y'all um yeah yeah sometimes if you're like trying to focus you might like chew on your lip a bit that's the other thing I right but like that doesn't really apply here i almost wonder if i mean it's just him watching her right and he's mm-hmm 
obviously she is with the best friend, so he's like watching all these, noticing all these little things. It's like ah, ah, that could be me. Mm. Kind of thing. Is he trying to break her down to like a science? He's trying to like figure it out. He's like, well, listen, here are the the pieces that make up this woman. It's nuclear boots, trip dry gloves, and lip biting. And lip biting. We uh, can, maybe we yeah, can replicate this elements. woman. <laughs> yeah, um, you can recreate the woman. I just that back half to me just feels like he's like watching her and like. He's like, oh, well, she's in love with him now. I guess I missed my my shot. Because mm. he's seeing that, and so he knows. He's like Jesse's girl, but he acknowledges that he can't get the love anymore. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, okay. I think you're right. Like He's seeing like the, the horny lip bite, and he's like, oh, yeah, she's in love with, with my best friend. Oh, and maybe the boots and gloves are also like her her dressing up. This is her like to the nines kind of look. She's out on the town with with she's her, out on the town with the guy, yeah, and biting her lip. Yeah. He's like, oh, damn, it's for real. <laughs> like I don't think drip was the word used for fashion in seventy eight. <laughs> <laughs> but like, would you describe something as as dry? I don't know. Yeah, what? Like, what, what dry I don't know what the slang uh, here is. I think you can't with the cars, it's especially. Just, I don't think they were really. It's like a, it's like a cut slang. up lyric, like or something. Yeah, like it's it is built to be strange, I think, yeah. and not to be of the That's time. How it feels. Okay, I've I've got a new reading of these okay. lyrics. Okay, hit me with it. So, this song was written in the seventies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Verse one, we've established mm-hmm. that all of us agree it makes us think of the fifties. Right. So it's in the past. Yeah. But after the chorus, verse two is talking about nuclear boots and drip dry gloves. Very futuristic sounding. Okay. okay, yeah. Yeah, so we've gone forward in time in verse two. This is a girl of the future, and he's saying the story, this, this story of the best friend's girl repeats over and over. Ah. Uh, Thank you for coming to my TED bad. Talk. I, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> Thank you. Futurism. But she still has suede blue eyes in the presence because every new boy that you meet doesn't know the real surprise. It's active. We're present tense on, on our verbiage there. Oh, that's true. That's the only, Darn. that's the only <laughs> thing I gotta, I gotta point out there, but yeah, he, and everything here is very external about the woman. We don't get a lot into her personality except that biting her lip is a reaction to love. But even then we are not like a hundred percent clear on it. There's like, there's, very, very few lyrics in this, honestly. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> Talk a little bit about her appearance, and she dances. <laughs> That's right. And the, the hilarious part is, is that the chorus didn't come until he realized he didn't have the title in the song. <laughs> he, he fucking wrote it in, like, he had a lyric sheet out, and he just, like, tucked it in. He was like, chorus here. She's my best friend's girl. She's my best friend's girl. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was the last minute thing. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> yeah, he might have just been talking about just a girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, I, like you said, like this isn't like he didn't experience this himself, right? No, he just thought it was something that happened to a lot of people. Interesting. And he's like, yeah, I could write a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't. He wrote a chorus about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the rest about just describing a woman uh, who's always dancing. That's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, because you're right. After this, after verse two, it's all just remixes of the chorus and the first verse. Yeah. There's not much else to pull out of always dancing down the street versus dancing down the street. No. Yeah. Eyes, eyes. So many eyes. Eyes, eyes. Maybe it is in some, some way about how 
we, like when a person that you were once intimate with has now left, and in this situation, quite weirdly for a person you're intimate with in a different way, your best friend, they become the the girlfriend becomes foreign. She becomes almost alien, right? She's got nuclear boots, drip dry gloves, mm. and he's only seeing like pieces of her that he can recall or recognize. He's like, okay, there's the lip bite, which I think if I remember right, is some kind of reaction to love. There's the dip she does when she dances. He's like, it's so he's just like alienated from a person that he knew and is reckoning with that. It's just like remembering yeah. little bits. Yeah. Or like she seems like a totally different person with his best friend instead of with him. Maybe. Yeah. Or he's only seeing like the, her public persona now instead of like the private persona if that makes sense right that makes sense yeah yeah he would have been privy to both in the relationship yeah and, and now, now he's, he's lost that yeah or are we trying just a little bit too fucking hard here <laughs> well now that you've told me is that he just slotted the chorus in yes i think we I know, are right? <laughs> uh. um either way they're pretty catchy lyrics the chorus Slotted in as it was. <laughs> Fun to sing along yeah, to. That's still a great song. There's a pretty girl, and it's his best friend's girl. Like, really? You just need verse one and the twist, the, the, the chorus, and you're like, okay. Yeah. What a fun concept for, again, like a kind of 50s-styled modern modern in the, the 70s pop song. Like, Yeah. What else do you need, right? I'll tell you what you need. Music. <gasps> oh, I sure do. Sweet music. Yeah. So this um, yes. song, um, just want to throw this out, produced by uh, Roy Thomas Baker. Yes. That's a pretty cool thing. Who's that, Alex? Uh, he did, I think, Queen's first five albums, or at least Ooh, five. Yeah. Maybe not first Queen, five, Queen 2, Sheer Heart Attack, yeah, A Night at the yeah. Opera, and Jazz. So that's a big thing. Well, you skipped so out He's like done three a albums. ton of work over the years. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know, he's busy, because he's also worked with Guns N' Roses, Alice Cooper, Foreigner, oh Pilot, my God. Ozzy Osbourne, Devo, The Stranglers, Dusty Springfield, uh, Cheap Trick. In 2005, he produced One Way Ticket One Way to, Hell, to Back Hell and Back by The Darkness. What? I yes. can't believe I haven't heard this name. <laughs> I know, Roy Thomas Baker, never heard it in my life, but he's <laughs> That's clearly insane, a very man. good producer. Jeez. What are we talking about production? He also produced, this is a novelty for people who listen to our Moon Age Daydream episode, uh, the Arnold Korns' Man in the Middle, the B-side for their second single. The Arnold Korns, of course, being the band that was the band before Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Oh. Yeah. Arnold Korns. Oh, yeah. Um, fun thing to note about this song, it has a riff that guitarist Elliot Easton accidentally stole from the Beatles song, I Will. <laughs> I don't know he accidentally stole it? Yeah, he says he subconsciously borrowed the riff from oh, the Beatles song. Okay. And if you listen to him, it's uh it's pretty clear. It's the I think it's the it's that like little bridge he does. Interesting. I feel like that would probably have been a bigger deal back in the seventies, but now like we're like fifty years on. There's only so much like original music you can make at this point, you know, right. like <laughs> Now every song is just an Elton John remix. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, I hear that. But slower. Slower. Yeah, it's like, but it's so clear, right? Once yeah. you play them back to back, you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly the same. Interesting. I wonder when he uh, realized. <laughs> yeah, I, probably like first time you heard it on it's the radio, I bet. All the time. There's it's one of those things like when you can't fix it, you're like, oh damn. Yeah. It's out there forever. Yeah, when it's far it, too late. <laughs> I heard a song on the radio at the gym this morning, and I think it might be... 
I wasn't told. I didn't see who it was. It might be Panic at the Disco, and it's like it's Last Christmas. Like at the beginning started, I was like, "Oh, really?" Christmas music now, and it was just uh, this other song. It happens. Weird. It happens. It does. It really it does. Happens. Um, but what happens in this song besides theft from the Beatles <laughs> is uh, so a sort of stuff. muted guitar rhythm on the opening there. And the clapping. Yes. Gotta love the clapping. I always fuck up the clapping, but it's so simple. Yeah, well, they trick you a bit, you know? I um, I never noticed that the hand claps were only on the left channel. I've just noticed that now, so thank you for that. Yeah. How can you? That's what a one handed clap sounds like. Oh, you're right. On one side. Um, there you have it. Yeah, but it's just like that strumming, and I think also bass. Yes, uh, I think there is like a muted bass there. Yeah. And then we break from that. We get the first verse. She's always dancing in the streets. You know, it's this is like textbook new wave because these guys were at the forefront of oh, it. Oh yeah. So the vocals are very much in that style. And then you get hit with like the fattest, dumbest synth. It's so new wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great slide down. Those backup vocals. Here she comes. She again. comes again. Oh, yeah. It's all good stuff, man. Yeah. And then this straight up 50s rock, rockabilly guitar. Boom. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's 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 very like it's it surprised me with how southern parts of the song were and how like twangy parts of the song were. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. It's just like not something I thought about ever listening to the song before. No, but when you actually sit and listen to it, you're like, oh yeah, this is the rockabilly track. <laughs> I think I like kinda... also like I um I don't know if I'd ever like listened to the song just on its own. I think most of my listening was from us playing it on rock band together right so like whenever we did that like obviously you're not really gonna hear like that the hand claps are only on the left channel um mm-hmm. but also like i'm pretty sure then i would either be playing guitar or bass for the song so like when you're playing that on rock band you like hyper focus on just that part of it so like i never yeah. noticed like i didn't really pay attention to, to the synth or anything i didn't notice like how much was going on in the background i like just focused on the guitar so uh listening to it for this was was very different than however I'd listened to it uh, before. Yeah, it's wild to think of what pieces you actually know of a song just because you listen to it on Rock Band, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, that's the one that has that bad drum rhythm I can't do. And <laughs> yeah. The rest of the song, you're like, oh, there's lyrics here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's like a synth, synth everywhere. Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's synth all over the place. And man, they do love to pull out the synth here. Yeah. We get like a kind of rolling... Like, I don't know if it's a synth or like an electric piano or something on that, uh, on the actual chorus. She's my best friend's girl part. It's a keyboard. Yeah, it sounds more like electric piano-y to me, but it could be synthesizer. I don't know. Um, uh, they, just, they got Hawks here credited as keyboards. So. Yeah, but it's it just chords at that yeah. point. Yeah, because he did both. Because, you know, sometimes you got to do both. Yeah, he was also a saxophonist on that album I mentioned in the beginning, Milkwood's How's the Weather. What a strange what, album. What a strange album. Have you listened to it, Alex? Um, it's kind of like Crosby, Stills, Nashy, right? Yeah, and it's not bad. 
And you hear little like proto pieces of the cars on it, but it's like in folk rock. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. It's very strange. I didn't check it all out yet, but a little bit. Not. It's a pretty fucking long album too. <laughs> but this is the chorus. And this is the chorus. Yeah, tell me, Alex, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I mean, it's a, like we said, the keys are mostly just playing those um, like quarter notes, and sometimes it'll be bam, bam, ba da da da, kind mm-hmm. of that. Um, and then. Like guitars also playing chords. Like it's 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 you know more like we're playing quarter note chords basically. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what you would do in a chorus a lot of the time. Yeah. Even it out. Yeah, and then after the chorus, we get the "I Will" by the Beatles bridge. <laughs> yeah, the little like rockabilly riff. Yeah. And then that synth sticks with us for the the second verse. Yeah, a little faster now, though. Yeah. Then we get... It's, you know, it's the cars, baby. Yeah, well, the other thing they add for the second verse is, like, they get the like those, like, muted guitar strums, like, you rake across the... Like, it happens a couple right. times, but barely. You just hear this, like... That's right. They do a lot of, uh, a lot of muting, because, uh, like, I remember because we used to play just what I needed like that starts off mm-hmm. with with muted mm-hmm. guitar strums as well so it's obviously a part of their used. sound yeah, yeah honestly a pretty similar intro yeah i think that's probably why i got them mixed up <laughs> i i get them mixed up sometimes <laughs> in my head for sure yeah i think i've definitely heard one come on on the radio and i'm like oh it's the other one and it's like no idiot yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't you remember playing this a bunch <laughs> wow. a bunch i I'm guess like, not yeah. <laughs> for like literally years and i yeah. <laughs> and i can still only kind of play it <laughs> um alex what's the next interesting thing that happens in this um something i didn't know well because we're on the pre-chorus again yeah um there is Oh, I just wanted to say how much I like the riff, basically, and how much I like, mm-hmm. I mean, the oh, concept yeah. of it, where it's like kind of off doing its own little riff while yeah. the rest of it's happening. It just doesn't really, it's like, it doesn't care what the rest of the song is doing. Yeah. Um, as opposed to a lot of the time what'll happen, you know, especially in busier songs, um, is there might be a simpler riff, but when someone's singing, you'll go down to chords or something like that and then play something more complex between lines, but not not this one. It's no, just, they they decided they're doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, <laughs> that's the cars, baby. <laughs> that's the cars. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, it's similar to verse two in that it has that EP, um, and uh, the and yeah, it's got the riff going on, obviously. Um, so it's just a little a little higher up because there's a little more going on now. Yeah, and then we jump into like a very obviously like electric country toned guitar solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah very bluegrassy southern southern yeah. rock and still my brain was like this is just straight up rock and roll <laughs> yeah i don't think i ever like really noticed it was like how southern and twangy it was until listening to this like even when we played it a bunch on rock band it just never really yeah. like it just i was like yeah this is just a rock song <laughs> yeah it's like it's just an old rock song yeah right? it's so easy to take these things at face value if you've they've been around for your whole life you know you're like well yeah. no that, that's mm-hmm. that's the guitar from my best friend's girl as opposed to like it sounds like this other thing I'm like no the first thing i heard was my best friend's girl so rockabilly songs sound like that actually yeah they yeah. sound like a guitar uh a gu- <laughs> car's guitar solo <laughs> yeah 
a Gakars. Exactly. There was something Gakars. there. <laughs> something there. Cartar? I don't Cartar. know. <laughs> um, yeah, we get the repetition of verse one as a kind of like like a kind of breakdown. You get that rhythm synth and him just doing his dancing down the street. <laughs> yeah. The the piano here, the whatever synth EP, whatever. Mm-hmm. Is an octave higher in the third verse. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Man, you want to talk about a weird thing about octaves with this song? Yeah, let's talk about a weird thing about octaves with this song. Originally recorded in E major, the master tape was sped up to place it in F major. Yeah, that's... What? (laughs) What? Yeah, what? what? (laughs) Why would you do that? I I don't fully know. I guess you want the song to be a bit faster, a little more exciting. Maybe you're trying to fit it on... uh, (gasps) A certain section of uh, of vinyl, you know, or something yeah. like that. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know exactly why. I think it makes things a little brighter, right? Because it increases all the frequencies. Although apparently they still so. play this live in E. Yeah, interesting. Uh, they don't play this live much anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah. I no. should have said they played this live. <laughs> yeah. But and even to get like, I think of speeding something up even a little bit, it starts to sound pretty janky, right? Yeah. It can. It can. So the fact that this sounds like a song, like it hasn't been sped up to get placed yeah. into F major is a technological achievement on the its thing own. thing is, I mean, if you double the speed of the recording, then you jump up by one octave, but they just I jump up right. by one step, basically a half step. Yeah. One step, half step. Um, Cause it's just E to F. So yeah, it's not that much. I guess. Um, and I have, I know I was trying to learn a song one time and I like could not figure out what the notes were. And then I looked at the tutorial and it was like playing it in C. And I was like, it's so simple. How could I not figure that out? And it was like, well, the recording is sped up. So it's actually in like E flat and a half. So, like, <laughs> so you can't play it on a piano. Oh, God. How would you ever figure that out? Because uh, you have to know. Yeah, you have to know. know. Yeah, got to be in the know. That's how you protect your music secrets as a musician. Yeah, change the speeds. Yeah, fuck up your instruments, change the speeds. Yeah. Hope something good comes out. Play with a a, a penny or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. play with a penny as a pick. Yeah. Yeah, throw knives at your uh, guitar. (laughs) (laughs) All very important techniques for playing guitar. Yeah. So, yeah, the synth raises an octave, and then we come into the outro where it's just, like, my best friend's girlfriend on repeat from the backing vocals and some, like, yeah, yeah, yeah ad-libs from from Benjamin Orr there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think a little more synth, too. Like, there's, like, stringy kind of, like, synth fill everything out because we're, like, right at the end, yeah. you want everything to be very exciting. That's right. Yeah, like, a new synth comes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was wrong there. It's Rick Okasek on lead for this. Benjamin Orr on backing vocals, my bad. Yeah, well, I mean, that's another... Because he does... Um, just what I needed, right? Yes, Benjamin he does. Yeah. On that, does it for this? Um, just what we yeah, need to do, it. though, is to get into these covers because we're we got a few to get through today. Well, we Unless y'all got anything else to say about the original? Um, I just had a note that said the whole band hated the album artwork, which I thought was quite funny. That is quite funny, that isn't is funny. that Rick Okasek's cool. like wife? No, it's it's just like a Russian model, apparently. It's just a Russian model. Yeah, like none of them knew her. I think it's like the the this this. Their 
record company or something like gave it to them and they were like this is your album artwork and that's it and they hated it that's it they hate it because it, yeah. it's such a like it is such a record exempt move you guys are called the cars here's a hot lady yeah. behind a wheel and you're like okay okay great <laughs> great now, i just thought that was funny about the candio uh artwork i think um i don't remember which member but one of the members of the cars did every uh cover after the first one Okay, that yeah. might be. There's one member who like picked the name too, and was like big into fashion and things. I can't remember which one, but that yeah. might be the same guy. Um, yeah, no, I find this Russian model like scary and demented, which I think hits into the car's vibe. True, it's, like almost pop. <laughs> yeah, I can see at the time being like, we don't want this, but I think it is as aged well. Yeah, I, I think, think it so. captures something. Yeah, it's it's pretty iconic. Yeah, it's it's very yeah. recognizable. Yes, it is. Um, what is also recognizable is that this is an easy song to put into punk rock, which is what our friends Bickley do. Is that correct? No, just kidding. We're talking about Nirvana first. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. Um, 1994 Nirvana. <laughs> Played live at the last gig Kurt Cobain ever played in Germany. Oh, is that what this is? That's what this. This is, yeah, the, his his oh, final man. live performance. Um, rumors say that the the Cars songs were some of the first Kurt Cobain learned to play on guitar. Rumors being the YouTube comment section on this video. <laughs> um, some people also say it was, a, I believe, a Black Sabbath tune was the first one he learned to play. I did. Oh, I did find wow. another source that said this was one of the the first songs he ever learned. I think it was on like some Nirvana site. Okay. Which is like, you know, still I mean, not perfect, but, but better source than YouTube comments. Better source than a YouTube comment. The difference between yeah, like the up. first and one of the first is like not that much, right? Like he probably yeah. didn't. He's probably didn't remember exactly. I, yeah, the when first, first song he ever learned. An like, instrument. You you want to play like six different songs? So yeah. Like, okay, I'll try a bit of that. And I'll try a bit of this one, and try and find something that sticks. So yeah. yeah, I can see him going around. Yeah, one of the first he ever learned. Yeah. John, this is actually one of the reasons I got you on because I know you're a you're a pretty big Nirvana fan. Is that correct? I I am a big Nirvana fan. I at one point knew far too much about Nirvana. I think I've lost most of that knowledge now, but I <laughs> I knew a lot of Nirvana at one point. <laughs> Did you know about this cover and their final performance in Germany? No, I had no idea. They um they've only ever played this song in full once, mm-hmm. and for some reason it was on this this final Kurt Cobain Nirvana concert. Yeah, what um, a strange thing. Apparently, they played like a snippet of it uh, live one other time, but yeah, this is the only time I've ever played it in full. Right, and they do play a, a weird rendition of "Living in Stereo" by the Cars, in right the at the end. Too. Yeah, uh, "Moving in Stereo." Just minor, oh, "Moving in Stereo." "Living in Stereo" is a different one. Hmm. Right, last to say, "Move it." Um, let's talk about this version though. It's live, so the recording quality is garbage. Yep, it's just like someone in the audience. I. I was going to say with a phone, but obviously that didn't happen in 1994. <laughs> right. um, but the, the, that was a, yeah, it was a full camcorder rig. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> somehow, I don't know, man. Maybe they didn't care. Yeah, maybe filmed it. I don't know. Um, what I noticed about this one mm-hmm. is when Kurt Cobain is singing, he kind of gets into like his lower register, uh, not really in his like more screamy uh, tone mm-hmm. that comes up sometimes, and it kind of reminded me. There's a uh, smells like Teen Spirit um, 
live version we talked about when he like sings really low. Really low. It like almost got into that range, but not quite. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fun. On 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 the verses. Yeah, he does this kind of like lower, almost like a Rick Okasek impression, yeah. but Yeah, he definitely tries to channel like his car's voice on the, the yeah. verses. And then for the chorus, it's just it's just Nirvana on the chorus. Yeah, and I, I like that move. That we're doing full Nirvana on the, the chorus. Yeah. It's a um, I like the crunch on it. It's a like it's a fun novelty. Yeah, they got yeah. that other guy touring with them. Don't know who that is. Because like they're a three piece, right? Yeah. So there's I, definitely I, another guy there, and he does a guitar solo, I'm pretty sure. I would have known the name at one point, but <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Damn. Not anymore. Uh Dave Grohl on the drums. That's pretty exciting. Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. That is exciting. Yeah. The the um, you've got yeah, go ahead. What's the, the I don't remember the bass player's name, but like the way he Nova, plays Nova the Stalic? bass. Like uh yes. Very, very low. <laughs> how yeah. How is his back? How did his back hold up? Yeah, like, damn, dude. That low. I, the band was not together for that long, so. No, it's true. Yeah, but he is like hunched over. Yeah. And it's like on his knee, yeah. Yeah. yeah very, very strange playing style. Quite bizarre. Um, also, you don't know a lot about Nirvana anymore. Uh, Kurt Cobain didn't know a lot all about the lyrics to this song. He repeats <laughs> suede blue eyes like a ton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, well, it gets through uh, it. It's kind of Nirvana y, uh, I guess. To, I mean, it was it. This was 1994. Like, they were maybe. very, very famous at this point. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I think. I think there was like infighting uh, with the band at this point as well. So I don't know like how committed he would have been to live performances at this live point. Performances. Yeah, I can see the whole thing being pretty like tongue in cheek for him being like, look at this pop song. I'm going to fuck up for you guys a bit, but you'll still love it. Yeah. And I, I think like, I don't know. I don't think it was on this tour, but like, mm-hmm. um, I, I know he hated uh, smells like teen spirit after a right. while. And he used to like start playing it live and people would go like, yeah, it smells like teen spirit. And, he would just play more than the feeling instead because it's like basically the same, <laughs> All the same chords. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like tongue in cheek sounds about right for this. Yeah. I mean, especially with yeah. the end where they just like fuck around and kind of do moving in stereo. Yeah. Like, with noise just, like rock, a bunch of feedback. And like, Let's moving in stereo. Like <laughs> they're, they're just messing around. I think. I mean, yeah. Everybody's screaming for an encore at the end. So did, yeah. did you look up the set list for this at all? No, I didn't. Oh, this is the first song of the set. Really? Yeah, oh. they open with this. I don't know why. <laughs> That's it. People insane. are already shouting encore. I, I I assume they took the encore bit from like a different <laughs> end. point. Yeah, yeah. It's a very clearly like a cut. Yeah, because yeah, they did post this on the official Nirvana YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, that yeah, was the, yeah. the the first song in the set, and this was like the last day of the tour, and the only time they played it. Very weird. Very weird. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Nirvana. We're gonna move on in the 1998 to talk about Bickley. Here she comes again, addicted to need the Dorit Gang. She make you feel she comes again, addicted to need the Dorit Gang. I can't like the way, like the way she. She's my best friend. Uh, punk rock band from Houston, Texas. Texas. Uh, who derived their name from Robert De Niro's character in Taxi Driver, Travis Bickle. 
You guys seen Taxi Driver? No. No. No, me neither. Okay. <laughs> it's a classic. You've seen The Joker? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. But I, uh, yeah. oh, I haven't seen that. No. No. I haven't seen any. I've uh, seen what? These are. You've never seen a movie in movies? your life. Movies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So imagine a series of pictures played so fast that it, uh, it imitates movement, Alex. Oh, wow. That's a bit far fetched, honestly. <laughs> I know. But Technology add is amazing. That, <laughs> and suddenly, suddenly you have a punk rock band from Houston, Texas. Oh, okay. Called Bickles. Bickley. Bickley. <laughs> uh, Bickles. Yes. I had to look up the album because it sounded like uh, innuendo, and it is. Um, Kiss the Bunny? Yeah, that mean? Kiss oh. the Bunny. As you can see, he's bu- got his pockets pulled out in the album artwork. The, those are the bunny's ears. So if you kiss the oh, bunny, so you're you sucking to- his dick. Sucking his dick. Oh, yeah. Okay. As I mean, you can also see on the album artwork, there's a, a head facing towards him. Oh, so, yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't notice that. that before. <laughs> yeah. So it's very much like late 90s, kind of like gross out punk. Mm. He's got a, he's like got a wife beater on. It's stained. Yeah. White, white tank top that is stained. Yeah. So... <laughs> It's all that. Yeah, you listen to his vocals. It's very like, I'm not a singer, but I can make my voice sound kind of fucked up. Yeah. I can't like the wind, like the wind All right, man. <laughs> I think it like it, it even started like almost normal, and I think as soon as it gets to the chorus, he like really amplifies the horrible nasally singing. Yeah. So, oh like, yeah. Yeah. He can almost For sing sure. it normally, but he doesn't. Obviously. Yeah, because no. it starts with the like just the clapping, right? Yeah, and then in they, both like, channels, in both <laughs> channels, they've yeah, doubled sacrilege. it. They also didn't know it was only in the left channel. Fools! <laughs> Can amateur hour here, Bigly, <laughs> Bigly from Texas. Yeah, and then it like after that intro or after that first verse, it just like totally kicks off into like we're going fast, we're playing distorted guitar. Um, basically, they're just outlining the chord progression now, which happens in a lot of punk covers they're like we're not going to do yeah. the complex riffs we're going to play the chord progression and we're going to shout and yeah it's sing that. nasally and sing nasally yeah yeah honestly the chord progression played this fast starts to resemble blitzkrieg bop more than it resembles uh, my <laughs> best friend's girls interesting <laughs> see how they got that going for him honestly probably the best part of the song is at the end when he says fuck you that's why it it's, the only one labeled, it's the only one labeled explicit. It's the only one labeled explicit. So yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if it fuck was you. fuck yeah or fuck you. Mm. Fuck you would make sense if he's going for the like betrayal reading of the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I listened to it a couple of times and I couldn't like decide for sure what it was. Because he kind of says yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's probably you, as you do right. if you're a punk rock singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a faster, more punky version of of the My Best Friend's Girl. What else is there to say? I uh, I don't know how it's only twenty seconds shorter than the original, given how fast mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> yeah, it seems insane. Like it, it like kicked off after like the intro. I was like, oh sweet, we're gonna be done this in like two thirty or something, <laughs> and then it ended up like very close to the original length. Yeah, it's they put a guitar solo in there, so you know. Yeah. And the, the outro Which is illegal in punk rock, yeah. And then you got the outro. The outro yeah. is just long, yeah. Yeah. Because they slow it back down again. Right at the end. Yes, yeah, they do. They, do. Um, they changed one of the lyrics. What do they got? They changed um like the way she dips to like the way you dip. Mm. Direct. That, 
That was the only change I noticed. Direct. Addressing the girl now. Yes. It is I mean, in terms of like tense or or like it's or perspective, it's a bit unspecific. Because it does say you're always dancing down the street and then Well, I guess the pre chorus and the verse have different perspectives, but Mm. Oh, that is true, Alex. You know, has a very different perspective on this. Hasty Dixie in 2002. Here she comes again. She's dancing in star skies. Here she comes again. She's dancing in the starry skies. She kind of like the way, like the way she dips. Here they come again. Here they come. Is this the, the first time I've got to talk about them? No way! You had to have talked about this one before. Maybe, like we, I know they've been on here like probably so more than much. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, we no, we talked about them before because of course the pun is ACDC, but for hillbillies, my God, AC genre is rock grass. You remember the ACDC collection now? <laughs> yeah, it's happened enough times. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, after the fifth time they showed up, you, yeah. you remember. Oh, I was yeah. like, I think I know who these guys are because uh, they have a very distinctive style. Yes. I put them on here because I was like, well, this this the original song is kind of rockabilly, so let's let's get our country boys on here and, and see what they do. Yeah, honestly, and not like a, a far out reimagining of it, like compared to no. some of uh, other songs they've covered. Yeah. Like the, the roots they, are there already. Mm-hmm. And they're bringing that energy too with that banjo yeah. going just buck wild. And he's got a fine twangy voice, like he knows how to sing in key. Yeah. My best friend's girlfriend. My best friend's girlfriend. It's all there. Again, yeah, um, it, it like it, it does yeah. make sense. You know, they they put a banjo in where it kind of sounds like there's a banjo in the original, like or like it yeah. feels like it could be a banjo and then even more picking so like it, it it all makes sense yeah you get a little bit of fiddle between lines which sounds good yeah plays like the guitar licks i think yeah yeah um but yeah betrayal is in this one and and it's best friend revenge uh cuz at the end of i believe the second Does verse he, he says something. now somebody going to get their ass yeah, yeah. Is, is what he says <laughs> Which, I don't know, is that like a, a southern way of saying that? <laughs> I, just, I think so. Get they ass whooped? Yeah, get they ass whooped. Okay. You know, we don't like to, we don't like to conjugate our, our, our <laughs> verbs and <laughs> words. We don't like uh, contractions, any of that. Okay. Yeah, that one, that, that, that also caught me by surprise. <laughs> yeah. The ass whooping? Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just shouting it out. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially because... Yeah, it goes into a solo. The The concept of revenge in this song feels so far removed from the original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the original almost feels like he might want to, but feels like he can't. Like, he's, he still calls this person his best friend. Yeah. It's not his ex-best friend, and he might be upset, but he's never like, and, and I'm going to fight him because of it, right? Yeah, he's like, and I have an action plan to get her back or like anything. There's, he's yeah. just like, oh, there's that's like how a, it is. There's <laughs> a society in the way of like, there's nothing I can do about it, and I feel powerless, and maybe it's because of that, of just like, you know, nonviolence being accepted. Whereas maybe this is just the more rural version where they're like, we solve our own problems kind of thing, you know? 
Like yeah, we're not it's not as frowned the same upon. Social norms in our in right. Part of society. We're taking justice into our own hands here yeah. in Nashville. <laughs> Is that, your best friend's dating your ex girlfriend. Let's get them. Somebody gonna get their ass whooped. <laughs> Somebody gonna get their ass whooped. <laughs> but it's also like, if you're in a small enough town, it's bound to happen eventually, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Somebody is going to get their ass whooped. That also happens yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a small enough town. Yeah. So there you go. And it is open ended. He doesn't know who's going to get their ass whooped. Just somebody. Yeah. <laughs> somebody. He's prepared for it to be him. <laughs> yeah. He, he, might he knows he's going in. He might lose this fight. <laughs> but he's going to do something about it. <sighs> and that's this one. Big country ass in and a lot of fucking nannying. Yeah, no yeah. no fade out. Big band finish yeah. instead. <laughs> yep, big band finish. I just oscillate so much on these guys. Some days I'm like, yeah, this is fun. And some I'm like, I have no time for this. <laughs> yeah. Where'd like, you fall today, Alex? I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm having a bit of fun today, but when I took my notes, I was I had no time for it. So Interesting. It, it changes quite a bit. I'm like, I mean, they definitely have their thing, and, like, that's their thing. And if you're not in the mood for that thing, like, they have nothing for you. That's the thing, right? And it's like, they do it. You give them any song, they're like, I can make this into rockabilly little bluegrass. And you're like, no, try something different. They're like, no, it's too late. It's bluegrass. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sometimes it works. Uh. Most of the time it doesn't. But, hey, this one worked out for you. Yeah. They still go in. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. When was their last release? Uh, uh, Dixie. 2021. <laughs> 2021? <There> <laughs> the, uh, Actually, twenty. they got a 2022 single here. Oh, okay. Uh, some heads are going to roll. So I'm going to say yes. Just their, their 2021 album, the album artwork, just has their, their name written in papyrus font. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's it looks good. like it's done in paint or something. Uh, fantastic, <laughs> guys. Anyway. <laughs> I uh, love to be a no-budget band. Um, but hey, you know who has music, songs, covers? Butch Walker, sure 2004. Do. Butch Walker. There she comes again Dancing beneath the starry sky So make it flip Here she comes again what a character, <laughs> this Flawless Bush Walker segue. fellow. <laughs> yes, um, tell me about him, Alex. Well, I, I went into, a, I, at first I was like, ah, some guy, Bush Walker, and then I remembered I'd heard this name before. Mm-hmm. And I had heard his name referenced as a producer of, mm. like, rock and roll music in the mm-hmm. kind of late 2000s and then onward. Um, and he's done a lot of music production. He's produced um, Fall Out Boy, Avril Lavigne, Weezer, Pink, Taylor oh. Swift, Green Day. Um, and he actually produced Positive Songs for Negative People by Frank Turner, which is no awesome, shit. I think. And I'm a huge fan of that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah that, and this is the guy who was also the lead guitarist for glam metal band South Gang in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. Had you heard <laughs> so of South Gang? I have never heard I of South Gang. Never in my okay, life. Okay, no, I mean either. <laughs> it sounded like you had. <laughs> I just had the. I just uh, read his fucking Wikipedia. This guy gets around. He also has his own through. music that I don't know yeah. any of, but I did see like him playing a song with Frank Turner when they were recording that in uh, Nashville. Oh, it's nuts. So this guy gets around. He's a real. He's a real industry fellow. Um, and he decided here. To on a tribute to the Cars album to create my best friend's magic girlfriend. It's a mashup, <laughs> which is a 
sure is a title. That is a title. Of course, <laughs> it's a mashup of My Best Friend's Girl and the song Magic. Did you know we used to play the song Magic in your basement? <laughs> I, I did know that, John. <laughs> Why is no one telling me these things? <laughs> Alex, you, I didn't, were you there? <laughs> oh, I know. I, rem- I remember this song. I remember this song. I, yeah, it was, it was summer. Summer, summer, summer. summer, summer. summer. Ah. Um, yeah. So what's this one like? Finger picking. It's a lot of finger, finger picking, picking yeah. going on. A real right? gentle guitar. It's it's filtered. I don't filtered know if that's just smooth. a result of the quality of the YouTube rip. Or if I it think was later consciously... on it it reduces the filtering. Okay, so it is a conscious decision. Yeah, when he um when it switches to magic, it becomes like not lo-fi. It becomes hi-fi, I guess. Ah, yes. Yeah, you can really notice it on his vocals when he switches songs. Mid-fi. Uh, the first time. Mid-fi. My-fi. <laughs> My-fi. <laughs> um, right. So yeah, we get this like kind of scratchy radio presentation. Like his his voice yeah. is through a filter too, which yeah. kind of makes sense r- with the like old school feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Fifties, rockabilly. Fifties, and it's real wistful. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. Here she comes again, my best friend's girlfriend who used to be mine. Yeah, it even starts with like a big like breath. Like he's kind of like preparing himself to to sing about this. Yeah. Yeah. Preparing himself for the emotional damage, because then he also slots in a flashback by way of the song Magic. Yeah, right, oh, like right. in the middle. And I... The, the transition's very smooth. I didn't even notice it at first. And he was suddenly mm-hmm. singing a different song. I was like, when's he going to do the other song? And then I realized he I was already, he had already changed. Oh, it happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was impressed by that. Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty, like, slick medley. Yeah. I mean, some medleys can feel, yeah, very jarring, but this one is just like one into the other and then back at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And we, we get these spacey synths. And you're theremin? right, he comes in much clearer. Or Alex, can I get a read on that? Is that theremin? Or is it just um, Which part? Um, right before the chorus. In the right channel this time. <laughs> think it might be a slide guitar? Okay. Yeah, I think it is a slide guitar. He has some interesting sounds, at the very least. Yeah. It, it gets that um, kind of like tape echo quality where like the, the echo, f- the actual like fidelity of the echo fades and it's just kind of like noise in the background, even though it's still sort of repeating the same thing, but it just doesn't last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if there's a name for that. It's uh. Music production. <gasps> music production. Yeah. That's it that. is a little music production oh, yeah. on this. Yeah. yeah. So it's a pretty cool version overall. Yeah. I thought. Especially and starting off on like the wrong foot with us. You yeah, know, absolutely. I'm like, oh, acoustic finger pick version. No, thank you. I'm like, but Butch Walker, where have I heard that name before? <laughs> and then we get like a weird, like, intermission at an old timey movie theater outro that's definitely 310 mark is that just like the next track coming in or oh yeah it's weird it's a weird thing that happens i I don't know what that would be the the album art kind of i don't know makes me think of that except i think in the actual in the actual 50s um films it would be like drawn hand drawn 
it's a right. photograph. But but hey, that's this version. Yeah. Neato. Um, let's talk about another neato version for a, a whole slew of different reasons. Half pint in 2008. She's my best friend. So this is the Jamaican dance hall raga and reggae singer. Um, and he said, get these lyrics out of here. <laughs> get them all. G- get these the fuck out of here. I got my own thing to say. I got a story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't find the lyrics for this. I, like, no, I had anywhere. to transcribe them myself. Did you I'm do not it? I'm sure that I got them all. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I've got most of them, I think. Okay, Alex, do you want to maybe yours are a little more organized than mine? I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. All right, verse one. Uh, she's always looking real good, drinking lemonade mm-hmm. in the shade. Every rude yes. boy passes by, giving her the eyes. Yes. Uh, rude boy. Goodness, mercy Goodness, me. Mercy. Is that <laughs> she's so hot, she moves me on or possibly off the spot. Off. Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, <laughs> that either. He's uh, moved in some relation to the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Around. Um, with her skimpy top and pants to match. Skimpy Okay, I missed that one. With the that, that she's all that with her. Much. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love it like that. Is that what he says next? Really love it like that. I think so. I apparently didn't. Okay. Put that one in. I've I've got the bumper and the clicks make her hard to resist. Yeah, so I wasn't she... sure what a bumper and clicks were because <laughs> mm. that's what I heard as well. But I'm thinking it might be okay. I'm thinking like butt and nails. Oh, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Just a guess. Alex, good, I couldn't good reach. Good guess. Right. I couldn't find any information on those <laughs> two slang terms. Um, yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. Uh, the way she swings and swirls sends passion and love through my world. Yes. Um, ever since that crazy fight, I've been trying to make it right. I never should have mm-hmm. trusted my best friend ever since she went away. I've been crying each and every day now. I know just what to do. I got to get, I, I assume it has to be back. It sounds like yeah. he says, I got to get fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard back. I heard back. I got to get okay. back with you. And that's, so that's the big change on this one. Yeah, that, that's the new lyric. So it's like very different. It's, or, okay, it's not very different, but it's more explicit about how he's feeling. How he feels. Um, and of course, we paint perhaps a more traditional Jamaican woman with a bumper and clicks. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's and I her guess. what her skimpy top and something else. Pants to match. Pants to match. And is that what moves him somewhere around the spot? Um. Uh, yeah. In relation. Her, yeah. She's, she's so, so hot, hot. She moves me ah. off the spot. It's her hotness on the right. spot with his skimpy her top and pants to match. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, and we got rude boys in this song. Oh. Not just new boys, we got rude boys. Yeah, I wasn't I was trying to look up, like, rude boy is a slang term I've heard before, and I think it's, like, either Jamaica or even reggae specific. Yeah. And I'm not 100% sure what it means. I think generic enough to kind of refer to just about any dude. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just fellas. Yeah, exactly. It's all the fellas. Um, it was fun. I thought, I thought like the lyrics worked fine. Like they still grabbed the idea. They put it in a, in a, his very like own cultural yeah. twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like the singing on goodness, mercy me. Goodness, mercy me. 
Yeah, it does a good job of of putting you in a, a, a very instead of a what I feel is like a fifties America. It's mm-hmm. a, a little bit yeah. more modern Jamaica. It translates yeah. pretty well to this reggae sound. Yeah, you know, it does. Yeah, slows it down a bit, especially like. <laughs> uh, okay, remove note about how I need to take notes on that section. Um, <laughs> In the intro, like the drum roll, there's like a tight snare and that like cymbal. I don't know. It, it, they have yeah, like it, it establishes very quick that this yeah. is a reggae version. Yes, but yeah, you still you get that bum, right bum, 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 like the muted guitar part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, also being like this is the Cars track. He he comes in, he sings my best friend's girl. Yeah, we know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of sets us up to get thrown off by these lyrics. <laughs> She's like, okay, singing the regular song. True. At the, the riff. And then it's different. And then he's like, boom, how about this? You ever heard about drinking lemonade in the shade? Like, uh, no, I, I haven't. No, but that wow. sounds great. <laughs> um, other cool sounds. Stuff we, you know, you get on you get on reggae a lot of the time. Cool sounds. Yeah. Uh, where are we? I have this written down. Uh, there's like wah effect on the guitar. Fan of that. Um, oh, yeah. Nice little like clavinet or jazz organ thing. Of course, the skank. I love the skank. <laughs> Uh, that real woody xylophone sound, or yeah, possibly marimba. About his best friend's girl like that, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't gonna do it. I'm glad you he, did. <laughs> he, he put it in the song. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you get these backing vocals from like a group of ladies. Mm. That's nice. That's fun. I yeah. like that. It's a. It feels like a very fun version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it very is. swayable. I can really sway mm-hmm. to this. A very, yeah, very feel-good, warm, well, feel-good, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun to listen to. It feels warm version. Yeah, feel-good, feel even though he's talking about crying each and every day. Yeah, it, it, it's a feel-good version to listen to. Probably not for him. Yeah, not for him. But even he doesn't resort, nobody's getting their ass whooped in this version. That's which true. Which I think comforting. Yeah, even though, yeah, yeah this, this one, he changed the lyrics to be a lot more uh, about betrayal than... The original. Yeah. I should have never trusted my best friend. We do have questions here. What yeah. happened? Yeah, he will regret it till the very end. So maybe somebody is going to get their ass whooped. It's possible. He's he just not saying that he it. has to get back with her. Yeah. We yeah. just don't, we don't know by what means. Hmm. Yep. There's also yeah, the, a new section. Yeah, go ahead. There's a new section. What section is that? There's a little like solo section. We can talk about it. Yeah, I love that. Um, it's like just that little melody on the guitar and there's some keys. It doesn't last very long, so it just goes kind of back into the verse after that, but it's fun. Yeah. And that wow. Bow, bow. Oh, man. It's all there. It's all there, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty neato version. But let's talk about um, Chad Hollister in 2009. And here she comes again when she's dancing whose website is chadmusic.com <laughs> Chad <laughs> it is, it is that. Uh, love bad. listening to a bit of chad music, chad music. Chad that's music, amazing yeah. uh looking at this guy's description he's like been around for quite a while and has mm-hmm. apparently played with or opened for or whatever. Quite a lot of famous musicians, but yeah. I, I'm not familiar with him. 
Yeah, he's open for Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, and Tom Petty were the big names I cared about off yeah. that list. Okay. Um, and this guy has an acoustic guitar. Oh, you sure do. Yeah, brother. Yep. And he has a banjo, I believe. Yeah. Does that course guitar or uh, verse guitar? And this real, like, soft electric piano or synth. Yeah, like the ch- the chime sound, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, like, summarize this one. It's like hand drums. There's a softness to this version is what I found. Yeah, I, I yeah. said it was a lot lighter than the original version. I guess especially, like, the guitar solo is on mm-hmm. the violin and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... Does like a break. yeah, it's kind of it's almost like yeah, like a softer, softer rock version of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just thought like I'm trying to think of like what's their sound. I'm like it's not that exciting. Easy listening, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's an opening act kind of sound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like easy enough to slide into whatever. But yeah, without being this sort of like dour, like just acoustic, like mm. not a lot going on. There is enough here to to maintain interest. But yeah, it, it like emphasizes softness and everything from the hand drums to even like the twang on guitar is toned down. So it's not like hitting your ears wrong. He wants to be very gentle with you as he tells you the story about his his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, there's a there's a surprising amount of like instruments and, and stuff going on for how low and soft and quiet the version is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. Did you find because like they have elements that I might consider bluegrassy, like there's a banjo and there's even a violin, which you might notice I did not refer to as a fiddle, but it doesn't feel yes. like bluegrass. Like they have them, but it, it it doesn't. They never get like the twang. That they would need. Yeah. Do it's you, it's yeah. like something has been sanded off here. So yeah, that easy listening tag seems to apply mm-hmm. here. Because mm-hmm. nothing has any bite, which I think bluegrass has a little bit of bite or, you know, some kind of flavor to it that'll hit you a little stronger than what we get here. It's almost like Muzakified. Like Muzakified. Yeah. Elevator Some music. Up to and including the like weirdly cheap sounding like Yamaha horns during yeah. the, during the third verse. Yeah, the, those like forty ass. <laughs> yeah. So it's just very strange. <laughs> yeah, a yeah, lot it's of an stuff. A lot arrangement. Yeah, but like all of it's very like. Yeah, subdued, I guess. Yeah, and like, what does it amount to? Like, n- nothing that sticks for me, really. No. Yeah, nah, I'm not getting much out of it either. Yeah, he's like, what if I took the everyone's favorite elements of Muzak and children's music <laughs> and made a version of My Best Friend's Girl? Yeah, wow, uh, there it is. That's how you make Chad music. <laughs> um, Chad music. But... We got one more cover to talk about today, and that's B. Beeman in 2021. B. Beeman. B. Beeman. B. Beeman. What a name. Um, what a guy. He's an American singer-songwriter, open for Chris Cornell. Of Soundgarden fame. Yeah, another one who's like opened for and played with a number mm-hmm. of artists. 
He he falls in the category of uh, likely self-edited Wikipedia pages. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, hey, you gotta you gotta get your name out there somehow. Sometimes you gotta do it. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta do your own work. You know, be your own biggest fan. Even if you've been going for twenty years, like B Beeman has. <laughs> like B Beeman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are we getting here? Acoustic guitar, baby. Acoustic yeah. guitar. This one goes a bit more in the country direction, I think. Yeah, and then into space. And then into space. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. So what what one guy once called cosmic American music. Cosmic is, is perhaps what this it is. The, this is cosmic American music. So when you say space, what are you referring to specifically? When we hit the the like I really like the way she dips and He's got this like spacey backing vocals. It's like I think you'll flip. He does. Oh, he goes like really like fuzzy. Guys. Yeah, he goes fuzzy, and we get this like big space, just like literal space, and also there's a lot of space. like spacey vocals and things. Yeah, I, I agree with the spaciness. Like he really kind of hangs on every note. They like draw it out. Seems to be drawn out like a bit longer than you'd expect. So it kind of ends mm-hmm. up feeling slow, and then. He can do that because he does all this vocal layering, uh, and like each line is like cut up, so he doesn't need to finish a line before he starts the next one. Yeah, he can just do another track. And then you're, but you're also right on that country vibe. You got this percussion that can only be described as like a train going on the tracks. Oh my god, it is. Yeah, it's like a fucking woodblock or something. It is. Yeah, it's just like click, 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 click. Yeah. Yeah, like the first time I really noticed the spaciness is 137. He goes like, I kind of like it when she dips. The song is what happens when you're thinking about your ex-girlfriend on a train when you just took like a small dose of acid. <laughs> small dose, <laughs> microdose. Just a little bit, like a microdose. You're kind of like looking out the window and things are getting fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm wondering with this version, do you think he forgot to like speed it up like uh, the Cars did with the original <laughs> version? It kind of sounds like it's the opposite of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, like or like he even slowed it down, like he hit the wrong button. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he went down like a half step or whatever. Yeah. The original it did. does yeah. have that like, weird lethargic feel. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Be interesting it, to yeah. like speed it up like 1.2 times or something to see how it sounds. It's just the, it's just yeah. the original. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so funny. Wow, he just slowed down the cars. <laughs> um... I thought this one was also good for swaying <laughs> a little faster. Yeah. Um, I do like, it's got, yeah, I like that ahead. rhythm and like there's that new guitar of the which is not like the most unique, but it is catchy enough. Yeah. There's nice little catchy bits in here and that, that train momentum like keeps the song moving along. Even if it feels slower, it feels like it is constantly going forward. Yeah. Okay, I sped it up on YouTube and it just sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> Speeding it up on YouTube is weird, though. They try to do something and, like, it doesn't just speed it up. It'll, like, try to not change the frequency and stuff. And oh, okay. That's probably why. Yeah, I don't think it's just speeding up. Or I've had okay. weird results when I use YouTube for that. Uh, one thing I would say for this one, it's about maybe, like, a minute too long. Yeah, it's kind of, it sort of, like, does its thing twice. Which we've definitely mm-hmm. has happened before. I kind of dig it, so like I'm okay with it, but it, it, it is a bit on the long side. Yeah, it's one of those situations where I like what's on offer, so I'll take the extra minute. Yeah. 
but I think you might be tighter if you just had had cut it off there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the longest version I think of all mm-hmm. of them. It is, yeah, yeah. Not by much, but it is not by much, but still. Yeah, I thought this was a nice kind of yeah, spacey country version. Yeah, comparing it to like the one we just talked about, Chad Hollister, I just feel like. He did so much more with it. It just sounds so much more interesting. Yeah, because he still has a bit of that softness, but it's much more listenable. Yeah. Brings more to it. So Brings more to it. Good stuff. Be- and even pulling on, like, the, the Cars original idea of, like, a, a modernized rockabilly track. Like, modernized 50s rock in the late 70s. This is almost that, too, where it's, like, country, but... <laughs> There's so many layers. Yeah. <laughs> It's an interesting piece, but hey, we got to break it down into our final verdicts here. We got three categories today: the worst version, the best version, and um, the best version for playing while driving in a car. That's it. this is a song by the Cars. <laughs> uh, that's that's where I thought you would go with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the more obvious one. Uh, John, you are our guest. What's the worst version of this, and why? Uh, the worst version for me is the one we just talked about. Is the BB Man version? Um, Damn for real. Yeah, I yeah, I really disliked this one even more than the chatmusic.com version. Um <laughs> it was I don't know, it was too too samey all the way through for me. Um mm. just just kind of bored me listening to this one. That's fair. I think it could have that effect for sure. Yeah. Uh Alex, what do you got? For worst. For worst. The worst version for me is probably Chad Hollister. Um, we mentioned it doesn't really, it's, it like has so much in it, but it doesn't seem to do anything with that. Um, I'll admit I almost gave it to Bickley just because I personally, I'm just not really a fan of that style of like gross out punk. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like it's, it's very like basic late nineties punk to me. Mm. Um, but, uh, ultimately I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't dislike it enough when versus going to Chad Hollister. I mean like what? What's he even doing? What's he even doing with this song? Nothing. Yeah, like, at least the take for Bickley is clear and has, like, basis and, like, some groundwork there. It's like, okay, yeah, you're punk, and you're sad about your girlfriend leaving you, and you say fuck you or fuck yeah at the end. Like, all all pieces together. It works. It stands on its own two legs. But you look at (laughs) chadmusic.com, and it's like, what is the take? It's not loading for me, unfortunately. (laughs) I don't know why. What's not loading for you, Alex? Chadmusic.com. No. Uh, also don't the, tell me it's been taken down. I was just going to say that the Bakley version also has a pretty sweet guitar solo, so like, even though I didn't like like any of the rest of it, good guitar solo. Did yeah, hey, it? gotta respect a guitar solo. Yeah, And they're fans of cinema. Come on, Taxi Driver's a classic, so... There you go. You gotta, you gotta give it to him. Chad Hollister, on the other hand, Chad Music, not very good. No, it just kind of flat, and like, yeah, you could accuse B. Beeman as, as being as sleepy, but I think there was at least more that hooked me in than than with Chad Hollister. But hey, what's the best version of this, John? Uh the best version. The when I when I did my notes uh a week ago for this, mm-hmm. I like went through all the versions and I was like, man, I didn't I didn't really like any of these. And then mm-hmm. because it had been a week, I decided to re-listen to them all this morning. And there was yes. one version that I was like, okay, this one is actually fucking awesome. And it's the half pint version. <laughs> yeah, boy. It's. I don't know why I didn't like it the first time. I think 
full disclosure, I was working when I was doing my notes before, so maybe okay, I like, wasn't yeah. in like the best mood for uh, for taking notes. But yeah, I was yeah, listening like, to it this like morning. I was like, man, what a fun version. <laughs> just like yeah, all yeah, the, the, the lyric changes are, I don't know, they just made me smile today. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, it's a very fun version, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I and just like, because yeah, they, they change all the lyrics, and then at first you're like, no, what are you, you doing? And then he paints just this weird different picture that is still somehow so similar, and it's... It's fun. It's maybe, fun. Maybe Alex. that's why I didn't like it at first, because like I was expecting the original, and then bam, it's like totally different. But when I like yeah. re-listened to it, I was maybe. expecting the new lyrics, so I enjoyed it more. Yeah, yeah, because I think I gave it a second listen, second time around. I was like, "Goodness, mercy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex." Yeah, best version. Best version. I there were a couple I actually liked here. Um, I'm, I was thinking about giving it to B Beeman, but I'm not not quite. Not quite, because I think... Now John dunked on it too hard. So you should scared. if you want to, Alex. <laughs> no, no, no. I just think I, it's probably my second place. Okay. But I think I probably... Or, or second or third. But I think I probably like Butch Walker a little more. I just, I'm just i impressed by the, the smoothness and the seamlessness of the um, medley. Yeah. And I think even using... The way he uses the lyrics to flesh out the story of my best friend's girl by using a segment from magic is like from a storytelling point, very good as well. Mm-hmm. So musically it's seamless lyrically. It's also pretty seamless and he makes a, a pretty solid version. He uses some neat production tricks to kind of shift between the two. It's yeah, it's very compelling. The butch Walker version. I agree. Um, I think you both have hit on what are truly the best versions on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Half Pint for just the, the raw listenability, like and thinking about the original as a pop song that I like to sing along to. Yeah, Half Pint makes me want to sing along. <laughs> yeah, but thinking of music as storytelling, I, I do think the Butch Walker one is is a cut above. It does a lot with a song that forgot to even have its chorus until the last minute. <laughs> it's a tough decision. Better pick Hazy Dixie out of Panic. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alex, you called it. It's Hazy Dixie, baby. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, let's just make more songs bluegrass. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hazy Dixie, my best. All right. Uh, <laughs> the final category, you're in your car. You're driving. You're driving the car's car. It's the same car that Russian model's driving in the album. What are you playing from the car? Your car, your actual car's album fell out, unfortunately. You're pulling out the CD. You hit a bump, and it it dropped out the window, so you can't play the original. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, well, luckily, the the only other album I have in the Cars car um, is uh, a, a tribute album to the Cars. Um, it's it's the it's the Butch Walker version. It's the Butch Walker. I, I just like I like the lo-fi sound, and I feel like that makes me think of driving a an, an old car like the Cars. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, sounds like an old. Radio. And it has a bit of that coming through the radio feel with that yes. filter. So you're you're listening to a song by choice, but it's kind of like it's coming through an old radio. I like yeah, that. like you're going through a tunnel or something, so it like gets a little bit fuzzy for a bit, and you come out the other side, and it clears up for the magic lines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Solid pick, Alex. What's it gonna be? You're mm. driving in your car. I'm driving in my car. Yeah, I feel is the, like is the is the roof down or is it on? What kind of car are you driving here? Is uh, the car's car? Does it, it have a roof? I don't car. know. Is there a roof? <laughs> Let's say there is. Um, I don't know why. Oh no, you know what? Well, I mean, in the in the the oh no, there the I'm gonna actually start to say words at some point. 
Um, <laughs> You're saying words, just not like very interesting the, the, ones. The, 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 <laughs> I was enjoying the sounds. In the tribute to the, in the Bushwalker album cover. <laughs> the sounds were soothing, but you know. In the Bushwalker album cover, it is a convertible. It is a roofless car. Um, it's a different car. So I, it's it's half point. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, okay. I feel like it's a good it's a good one to play. I mean, if the top's down, it's the summer. You know, you might oh, even yeah. be sipping lemonade in the shade. <gasps> and you're on island time when you're driving. Exactly. Uh, get that wind in your hair. Got some got some relatively chill music. And uh, having a good time. Hell yeah, solid choice. Once again, you guys have picked the best choices. <laughs> Leaving me with, with nothing but trash, unless I want to look like a poser and pick something <laughs> you've picked. Um, so I'm going to double down on Hayseed Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? <sighs> you know what? Same reasons. You can sip on lemonade while listening to Hayseed Dixie. You're, you're sweating, the roof's down. It's a, it's a, maybe it's a, a carriage even. Maybe it's a hooded wagon, Ooh, you know? Horse drawn. No, it's, it's the car's car. Oh, okay. That's, that was the question asked. It has to be the car's car. Or it's, else it's cheating. It's pulled by a horse. <laughs> yeah, like like Back to the Future 3 style. It's, yes. it's pulled by horses. <laughs> uh, and that does it for our final verdicts. You got different opinions, similar opinions. Want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about? Hit us up on Twitter. We're still there. Hashtag CoverMePod, at JakeTheCresty, at some Alex Wise Guy. You can also tell John your opinions this week. It's Sir John Snow. That's Sir with an E. John with no H. Naturally. Yes. That does it for a main segment. Today, I also have a bonus segment. Um, today, this is a quiz called Almost Famous, a title completely original, not taken from anything else. Um, I have several bands here, but these are the bands that artists were in before they started the bands that they got famous. Oh, God. Okay. So I will be giving the band name and four options to choose from, and I'll, I'll and if you need to know who what band they became famous in, I can tell you that information too. Okay. Um, it just you both will pick a a number. We'll see what happens here. The first one, the band name is Bad Radio. Uh the choices are A. Eddie Vedder, B. Kurt Cobain, C. Chris Cornell, or D. Scott Wayland. So Bad Radio is the name of the, the band before the famous band. Yes. So which one of these these uh, 90s frontmen was in Bad Radio before they were in either Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Soundgarden, or Stone Temple Pilots? Boy, Bad was Radio. Eddie Vedder, Radio. Kurt Cobain, Chris Cornell, or Scott Wayland? Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Cornell. I have no idea, though. Okay, I'm okay. going to guess Scott Wayland. Okay, you've guessed both incorrectly. Okay. It's Eddie Vedder of Pearl oh, okay. Jam, um, who took this this new wave collective bad radio into a sort of funk rock direction and then left when they didn't want to work as hard as he did. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Next up, we have the band called Inside Out. The band's name is Inside Out. The possible uh, men in this band are A, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, B, Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins, C, Anthony Kiedis of Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. or D, Zach De La Roja of Rage Against the Machine. The band is Inside Out. The guys are Trent Reznor, Billy Corgan, Anthony Kiedis, or Zach De La Roja. God, you've done a very good job at making like all of them sound plausible because they're all from like yeah. the same kind of genre. <laughs> Uh, I was also like this. This I'm stealing these from a Kerrang article, and it was almost exclusively '90s acts. So oh, okay. I, like, oh, I might as well just pull. 
Well, it's a good thing I know so much about the 90s. I'm going to say Anthony Kiedis. Anthony Kiedis? Okay, time. Alex. John Bell, is it Anthony Kiedis, Billy Corgan, Trent Reznor, or Zach De La Roca? I was going to go Anthony Kiedis, but I'll go Billy Corgan. Okay, you were both incorrect. Damn, this is a bad quiz. It's a Zach De La Roca oh, with boy. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. He was in Inside Out. What can I tell you about Inside Out? Uh, 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 uh. Let me read this thing really quick. It's a song oh, nothing. By Spoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> the next one is Lockup. The band's name is Lockup. The possible choices are A, Rivers Cuomo of Weezer, B, David Bowie, C, Tom York of Radiohead, or D, Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. Oh, God. <laughs> Again, the band is Lockup. We have Rivers Cuomo, David Bowie, Tom York, or Tom Morello. Tom Morello. John has locked in Tom Morello. Alex, what do you think? The other Tom. York. The other Tom. York. Okay, it's a battle of the Toms. Uh, John, you got it right. Tom Morello. Yes! Getting on the board. One point, one point. There's a point. The band uh, is named Lockup. Uh, Tom Morello noted that Lockup was a band trying to do exactly what the A&R guys, managers, and record labels wanted. So very much against what Rage Against the Machine was about. Oh, interesting. (laughs) After releasing the 1989 LP, Something Bitchin' This Way Comes, they were promptly dropped. Oh. I don't know if releasing an album called Something Bitchin' This Way Comes is what the... <laughs> what like, the A&R guys yeah. want? <laughs> Hard to say for sure, but they were dropped by the label, so I guess, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Next, we have a band called Exotic Birds. No, just kidding. Actually, I do have Exotic Birds on the list, so I'll just jump to them right now. Um, in Exotic Birds, is it... Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers. B. Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> C. Tom York from Radiohead. Or, or D. Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Uh, Anthony Kiedis. Halford. John, you've selected. Okay, you're both incorrect. It's Trent uh, Reznor from Nine Inch Nails. Oh my I feel goodness. like I've heard of that one, but it's it's just a. Very it's an Ohioan synth pop collective. Hmm, maybe not. That had briefly had Trent Reznor in it. The next one up is Dane Bramage. <laughs> oh, that is actually that like, does something in my brain. That does something in your brain? Is yeah. it that it's Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day? Is it Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains? Is it Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters or Johnny Marr from The Smiths? Mm. Dane Bramage featuring... Billy Joe Armstrong, Jerry Cantrell, Dave Grohl, or Johnny Marr? I think it's Dave Grohl. John, you selected Dave Grohl. Going Alex. for Billy Joe Armstrong. The correct answer is Dave Grohl. Yes! Oh. Foo Fighters. <laughs> two points, two points. Two points. That's in 1984, no 15-year-old Dave Grohl perceived himself as a guitar player rather than a sticks man. Um, let's see, his bandmates and high with members leaning on a college band meant for size again to Dane Bramage. So yeah, it was like his high school band. Okay. And then his college band. Um, next we have Samson. The band name is Samson. John, you have two points, Alex, you have zero. Um, is it the member of Samson? Was it A, James Hetfield of Metallica? B, Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden? C, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth? Or D, Rob Halford, Judas Priest? I think I know this one actually. Okay. <laughs> Again, that well, is I will Samson. not guess what you guess, or should I guess? Featuring first? James Hetfield, Bruce Dickinson, Dave Mustaine, Rob Halford. Mustaine. You can go first. That's right. Alex, you've guessed Mustaine. Mustaine. 
I think it's Bruce Dickinson. John Bell, you are correct. Yes. Three points now. Oh. Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden. Pulling way ahead. Uh, are there even three questions left? <laughs> um, let's. We got one question left, Alex. Oh, but right. you know what? This is it. This you're is for all you're the able to, to both gamble all of your points on this. I'll gamble all my points. Yep. <laughs> yeah, this Alex is, is worth going three on. points. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the final band, Vegas Kings. Is that the band for A, Ronnie James Dio of Dio fame? B, Isaac Brock of Modest Mouse fame. C, Lemmy Kilmister of Motorhead fame. Or D, Brandon Flowers of The Killers. I like how, like, the previous questions, the, the four answers were very similar. <laughs> and now yeah, they are I, I would have been wild on this. <laughs> um, I feel like it's because it's a misdirect, but I'm going to go for Flowers. Mm, Vegas Kings. Is it Ronnie James Dio, Isaac Brock, Lemmy Kilmister, or Brandon Flowers? Alex has selected D, Brandon Flowers. Uh, I'll say Isaac Brock. John has selected B, Isaac Brock. The correct answer is A, Ronnie James Dio. What? <laughs> yes. Um, he was a high school student in Cortland, still known as Ronald James Patavona, starting his first band, pop outfit Vegas Kings, in 1957. Jeez. We probably talked about that, right? We haven't really like, talked about Ronnie James Dio. No, we haven't. But I might have. I, I might have looked it up when we were talking about Sabbath. I bet there's some good rainbow color covers. Probably, yeah. Probably we can talk definitely, about definitely talk about him. That'd be sick. That does it for this this segment, John. You've you've obliterated the competition. Yay. Actually, technically, since you bet all your points, you're both at zero. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> But, Format a little unclear. Well, you know, exactly. We'll allow it. John wins. The guest always wins in a tie, so yeah, you have it. Uh, John, thank you so much for being on. One more time for the people at home. Where can you be found? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Noiseberry Games, or you can follow me on Twitter at Sir John Snow. That's right, folks. Um, and you know, rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting apps. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, either on Twitter. At Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy, or via email, covermepod at gmail.com. Tell your friends about us, tell your family, tell everyone you know, tell all the people that you see, it's Cover Me. Um, that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, when you bite your lip, it's some reaction to ca uh uh ver me.